Welcome to Rewished, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season three. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing season three, episode 10, We All Scream for Ice Cream. It originally aired on January 18th, 2001, and had 5.44 million viewers. All right, so let's hop right into this. Um, oh, and just a reminder for everyone at home, I am still upon audio, so once again, I apologize. Next episode, I will be back to normal. All right. So we open at P3, and the place is popping. Piper and Phoebe are behind a curtain, looking over at some guy at the bar who Piper says has been staring at her. Phoebe kind of tells her to relax and that he seems harmless and innocent. And they sit together in the alcove, and Piper's saying that it's the innocent-looking ones you have to watch out for. That's when Prue walks over and says that she needs professional help. And Phoebe's like, no arguments here. And Prue's like, ha, cute. Where's your DJ? And Piper asks why, and she says that she has a song stuck in her head and doesn't know what it is and that maybe the DJ would recognize it. So they convince her to hum it for them, and she does. And then they start teasing her and she leaves. They follow her and say that they got an invitation to Justin's family barbecue. And she isn't sure that it would be fun. She's like, Justin and I are still in the flirtatious banter stage of the relationship. I think hanging out with the folks might put a damper on it. And Phoebe asks if it's not because it's a family gathering. And Prue says, all right, if you're going with the Prue's Got Parental Issues card, let me save you some time. And Piper says, it's not like we blame you. I mean, seeing complete connected families is hard on all of us, but we can't spend our lives avoiding what bothers us. And Prue says, the only thing bothering me right now is that I cannot get this stupid song out of my head. And she walks away humming it. All right, quite the intro. Obviously, by this conversation, it doesn't take an expert to know that usually in the start of the episodes, they give us a basis of what the general idea is going to be talking about family i assume it's going to have something to do with their parental issues exactly yes and you know that little line that's it's kind of a throwaway line from piper that seeing complete connected families is hard on all of us it's mm -hmm. something we've mentioned a couple of times like you don't always think about like yeah it must be hard if you're in their situation to see people have you know, parental figures, a full family, when that's something they really never had. Yeah, it's definitely, it's got to be something that isn't easy for them. I mean, some people see it and feel like, oh, this is great, but you also can't help that you maybe feel a little bit of resentment in situations like that because you never got to have those things. And it's like, well, how come they deserve it, but I don't? Or you just can't help thoughts like that that occur to you, you know? And I think it's really nice that they finally acknowledged that it is difficult for all of them, you know? Yeah. And there's also, you know, the fact that whatever your family situation is, until it reaches a certain point, you're going to think that's what's normal. That's what everyone has. Right. And then when you realize it's not for whatever reason, it could be a really difficult realization and it could make being around other people's families hard. Yeah, no, it makes, it makes a lot of sense the way that trauma works in the way that people are raised different have different situations the more you go out and see these things the kind of more those feelings are going to rise to the surface you know and you're going to be like whoa I didn't know that it was like this for other people you know yeah exactly like I mean for me personally like you know I was raised mostly by my mom so like whenever I would go to people's houses and they had two parents there it was always like oh yeah that's like what a lot of people have but it just like it's not what I'm used to. So it always felt weird to me. Me too. Definitely me too. I mean, when I go to people's houses, it sucks that I felt, felt this way, but a good portion of my friends are either single parents or, I mean, I also have some that are widowed moms. So when I see people who have 
both or when I have to be around them and their fathers too, it like almost a part of me is a little bit uncomfortable because I'm just not used to that. I'm used to just mostly being around women, you know, and it's, yes. it's not mm-hmm. my dynamic. So I can't help that a small part of me is like, oh, uh, why is this like, random who, man in your yeah, house? Yeah, I know. Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why is there a middle-aged man here? I'm confused. Yeah, I'm confused. Is this normal? Like, <laughs> it just never really makes sense to me, you know? And a lot of my friends actually get that because, like I said, a lot of my friends only were pretty much raised by their moms, too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a little weird situation, but it, it definitely is real, you know? Those yeah. feelings that come to come into play definitely and we brought up justin too so maybe that means we are gonna see him again we haven't quite let go of him so that makes me kind of happy yeah will him and prue actually be together i am definitely wondering i'm also wondering what the hell this song is and what's going on with that me too definitely curious and you know why it's important to this episode So now outside on the street, it's nighttime, and we see an ice cream truck drives down the road and is playing the song that Prue was humming. And then it parks by this building, and a little boy walks up to it, and the guy inside says, would you like some ice cream, little one? And the kid says, yeah. And he's like, you didn't say please. And then the kid screams and gets sucked into this ice cream truck. So I love this setup. I think this is really amazing and really fun. And I'm so excited by the evil ice cream truck. Me too. I'm excited by the evil ice cream truck and kind of to see what happens here, where these kids are going, who this guy is, and what the deal is. You know, I can't wait to have the sisters like, come into play. what is connection to this? Why does she know the song? Exactly. I am so excited to get into that. I feel like this episode is so much fun in that it's setting so many things up that are going to be like fun reversals later. And I can't wait to get into all of that. Yeah, the the whole plot, the way they make the connections to different ideas here and uh, little twists that they put in the show. Like it's this is a really fun episode for sure. Yes. So after this, we have our theme. Then we go to Prue's bedroom where she's sleeping. And I put in my notes that I love her purple sheets because I do. I think it's really cute. (laughs) So cute. Um, But she's having a nightmare. So that's not cute. She's in this like park that's covered in snow. And we see this little girl yelling for help and then getting picked up by a man. But we don't see either of them all that clearly. And then she wakes up because her alarm is going off. And we see that she's all sweaty. Then we go out to the front porch and Prue walks out and grabs the newspaper and her hair and her outfit are super cute. Like I'm obsessed with the shirt she's wearing here. Love it. Love it. And she's again hearing that tune in her head. All right. So now she's having this little nightmare. Wonder how this is going to come into play as well. Yes. I also love how quickly she cleans it up. Like she was sweaty and disgusting. And then five minutes later, beautiful. Yep, ready for work. Let's go. That's all it takes. (laughs) All right, so now in the kitchen, Phoebe is on the computer looking through her email, hoping to hear from Cole. And Prue walks in and says, morning, sunshine. And Phoebe ignores her. And then she's like, okay, how about Cloudy with a chance of showers? And Phoebe's like, I'm sorry, did you say something? And Prue asks if she did another all-nighter, and she's like, yeah, and then she receives an IM from an old friend, and Prue asks who the message is from, and she closes the computer saying it's nothing. And Prue says, well, nothing usually means something, and something usually means a boy, so. And then Piper walks in, and she's like, okay, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I've got it better, at least bizarre. Kara called last night and she was in a meeting at the Bay Tech building yesterday and she swore that she saw Victor walking through the lobby and Phoebe says as in dad Victor and Piper says yes and that they haven't spoken in a year and Phoebe says that Kara hasn't seen him since the first grade Piper's like I know but she seemed so sure why do you think he's here should we go and try to find him I mean what if it has nothing to do with us And Prue says, well, I, for one, am not going to go out of my way to find out. And Phoebe says, you're not even curious. I mean, he is our father. 
And she says, no, like I've said before, I've come to terms with our lack of parental involvement. You know, some people just weren't meant to have the Rockwellian portrait. And Piper says, okay, so we're not the typical family, but he is all we have, Prue. And she says, no, we have each other. And we have other people that love us too, and very full and busy lives. Then she says that she has to go and tells Phoebe where to meet her for lunch. And Piper leaves too, and Phoebe goes back to looking at her email. All right, so like we said, some sort of parent involvement. Victor comes back. We haven't seen him since season one. When he just kind of got all close to them and then ditched them again. Yep. There's nothing like popping back up in your kids' lives. Just you abandon them part two. Exactly. Wonderful. Love to sounds, see it. Sounds like someone I know. <laughs> um, let me keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I love the morning sunshine and then like Prue's reaction when Phoebe says nothing. Hilarious. Very sisterly. Yeah, I know. Love that. It, it I makes love- sense. Yes. I also love the way the scene is setting us up to think that the person she's hiding messages from is Cole. And spoiler to a little later in the episode, but that is not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they set us up and confuse us a little bit with that one. And that's not the only like twist that the episode is playing. And I really love the writing in this episode with all the little defying our expectation moments exactly me too i love it also i mean so true when they're like hasn't she not seen him since the first grade like yeah it's been 20 years victor probably does not look quite the same not at all i mean in general maybe facial structure you can recognize but like come on definitely pushing it a little that moment where um piper is saying that you know he's all we have I think is really interesting and the way Prue's kind of saying no we have each other and we have this chosen family of people who love us right I think that that's two really clear ways to deal with a situation like this of like well we have no other family I have to forgive him versus there are people who choose to be in my life and those are the people I care about and I don't think either is wrong it's just interesting to see them being on opposite ends of that spectrum yeah it's uh it's they're both very reasonable mindsets, very understandable reactions to the situation. I mean, honestly, I get both perspectives and I I guess it kind of depends on your personality and the way you view things, but I it works for me, you know. Yeah. And I know like with me, I feel like a little bit of piper here because I there are a lot of people who I multiple times have let back into my life where people have been like, "Well, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that?" And I feel like that's just a thing in me. Like, I'm very willing to, like, give second chances. But some people, and I mean, this isn't even a second chance here. This is, like, a fifth chance. You know what I mean? And having to draw those boundaries for yourself totally makes sense. So, again, I do understand where both characters are coming from. And I'm interested to see, like, how they'll handle this and how, like, things might shift as the episode goes on. Right. I definitely agree. I can't wait to see how they're you know, if their ideas and views on the situation continue to stay the same or if they change throughout the episode. Yeah, exactly. So then we're in an office building and Prue's in this like very busy elevator and she's looking at her watch and someone in front of her starts humming that song. And then she realizes that it's a kid and the kid gets out and she tries to follow, but like the elevator doors close before she can follow the kid out so this scene is really just set up um i don't have too much to say about this yeah not much going on there honestly (laughs) (laughs) so now we are at the bay tech building and piper enters and she goes up to the front desks and asks the lady about victor bennett but she says that he isn't listed with any of the companies And she shows the woman a picture and then spots a guy that she thinks might be him and starts running over to him, but it doesn't end up being him. And she puts the picture back in her bag. So we have a new actor playing Victor in this episode. It is not the same Victor from season one. Mm -mm, It's not, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't know him that well. But I will say, um, spoiler Anytime we see Victor in the future, it will be this actor. So we are introduced to 
who will be playing Victor going forward. Yes. And I like him better anyways, honestly. I do too. The other guy um, had a weird vibe like to him. I don't know. That sinister vibe. I feel like there's a sweetness to this Victor, which might be part of the reason why it's easier to forgive this Victor than the other Victor. I agree. Exactly. Like there's just something softer about this character. Yeah, I I agree. It's something like that that just kind of gives him a little more like, okay, I can forgive this guy. He doesn't make me as like uneasy. He doesn't come across as like a sleazy business guy. I feel like that's what the other guy was really leaning into for the character. Whereas like this Victor is leaning more into the trapped feelings that he felt about the situation with Grams, which we'll get into later in the episode. Exactly. And of course, adorable that Piper is like here and she looked so excited, like desperate to go after this guy who didn't even turn out to be him. Like, you know that they all have their issues with this situation. Poor Piper is like, craves that attention from her dad, much like Phoebe does too, you know? And seeing that innocent little girl come out when she's like, dad, dad, and then it's not him. And that little bit of like subtle heartbreak is really good. I know, I know. She she killed that. It was definitely like kind of a sad scene there. Absolutely. So then we're at a park and Phoebe and Prue are sitting together eating and Prue's talking about this project that she pitched and Phoebe says that she's dodging. Prue says, did you ever consider that maybe I just didn't want to go? And Phoebe says, no, it has nothing to do with the barbecue or the guy that asked you to go with him. It has to do with dad. And she says, why do you insist on pinning everything I do on my feelings or lack thereof for our father? She says, Prue, you say you're over it, but you say it so much that I have this feeling that the person you're trying to convince is yourself. And believe me, after what I went through with Cole, if anyone understands that, it's me. And Prue says, it's sort of not the same thing. And Phoebe says, well, maybe it is. Prue says, my feelings about our father are in the past, which means they really have no place in the present. And she asks if that means Justin gets penalized. And then Prue hears a kid humming the tune and chases after. And Phoebe follows her and they end up walking over to this little girl. And Prue asks what the song is. And she points to the ice cream truck, which is playing it. Then Phoebe thinks that there's nothing more to it. It's just an ice cream song and tries to like go back to their previous conversation. Then the little girl runs over to the truck and Prue thinks this is weird because it's cold out and like what's going on so she follows the little girl and Phoebe doesn't understand and wants to continue their conversation but Prue's talking about getting deja vu then we're in this alley and the little girl walks up to the truck and she's starting to get pulled in and Prue and Phoebe pull her out then the ice cream man sees them and all of them get sucked into the truck dun 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 I love her uh trying to get Prue to open up about this I feel like they're always trying to get her to admit her real feelings about the situation with their dad and I don't know if it's because it's just like they can't stand that she's lying to herself or if maybe it's some sort of subtle way of like we want to know that you feel how we feel we want to know that we're not the only ones that care you know so I don't know it's weird because they push it on her a lot I've noticed They definitely do. And I think part of it is, and it's something that's come up since season one. I feel like for Phoebe and Piper, they feel like Prue doesn't open up about her emotions, specifically when it comes to their parents. So they want to get her to talk because maybe it's because they feel it's unhealthy for her. Maybe it's because they want that connection as sisters. But I mean, we even saw it in the You Don't Say I Love You episode. You know what I mean? Like it's something that comes up again and again where Prue does have these issues with family relationships and I think her sisters for whatever reason aren't willing to accept that about her and want her to be able to have those conversations right exactly also I love the way like because totally relatable Phoebe wants to make this about Cole (laughs) I know oh my god yeah can't resist talking about him but it's, it's totally like reasonable Yes, and it's one of those things where, like, when people call you out for doing it, you're like, I don't do that. But then, like, you see it happening and you're like, okay, you know what? Phoebe does it. I do it, too. Yeah, maybe I do. Shit. Can't even lie. (laughs) They're like, you always talk about insert the belief that I'll put in. Uh No, I won't because I didn't say it. But, uh, you know, and I'm like, no, I don't. But meanwhile, something like this could be happening. I'll be like, well, 
<laughs> yeah, you know what this reminds me of? <laughs> and it's so it really is that. two completely different like conversations and situations. It's not related at all, but at because all. all Phoebe thinks about is Cole, that's what she's gonna connect it to. Yep, that. And also, I feel like the the show's just subtly trying to keep him alive in our minds. Oh, absolutely. It's coming back, I assume, you know? Yeah, we can't forget him because then his eventual return won't work as well. If we're not constantly reminded like, oh, Phoebe still loves Cole. Something's still going on there. She still has the secret. Right, exactly. Because we've known this already, that the show thinks we are stupid. Yes. And can't figure things out for ourselves. We have short-term memory, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, considering the time this was made, it wasn't binging like it is now. So you were watching things further apart. So in ways That's it makes true. sense, but in other ways it is like, we don't need constant reminding. Little bits of it would be fine, but we already had the scene of her emailing Cole. We didn't necessarily need the connection here too. Agreed. Yeah, exactly. Also, I'm really curious about why Prue is getting this deja vu, what her connection specifically to the ice cream truck is, and how that might play out in the episode. Me too. I'm definitely curious about it, wondering why she's the one that's so drawn to it and kind of this desire to go after this ice cream truck, you know? Yeah, exactly. So now we are in this winter playground place that was in Prue's dream. And Prue asks where the little girl is, and Phoebe said that she was holding on to her, and now she's lost. And then they hear kids yelling in the distance, and the ice cream man approaches and asks who they are. And they try to use their powers, and it doesn't work. And then this black smoke starts forming in the sky, and he runs away. And then they start running too, and see a little boy yelling for help. Then he tells them about what's called the nothing that takes people away and that it's coming and then he takes them to hide with him behind a tree and the little girl trips that they had came in with before and gets taken by the nothing and then prue is really upset but phoebe says that they'll be better prepared for next time and then the little boy asks if he's going to save them and says that there are others just like him hiding captured by the ice cream man says if he doesn't want you here that must mean you have the power to save us and then he says that they should go and the sisters are like uh shit (laughs) yep so something interesting going on here obviously she's been here before like we saw in her dream how'd she know about it unless she's having premonitions in her dream like phoebe yeah that's the thing because if it was phoebe we could be like it's a premonition but it's prue So it has to be a memory because I don't think Prue can get psychic connections like Phoebe can. No, I don't think so. So this is interesting. I'm also interested in, you know, I like the way that Prue is obviously upset by losing that innocent, the little girl who gets taken by the nothing and the way Phoebe, you know, supports her through it and is like, it's not your fault. Like, we'll figure it out. We're going to be better prepared next time. Like, We don't know what's going on here. We just got sucked into this thing, literally. Right, exactly. So wouldn't expect them to be able to save them. It does suck that they lost this little innocent and that this ice cream man came up to them and said that, but, you know, didn't try to hurt them and just ran away from this. So, yeah. And the fact that they have no powers is interesting, too. I wonder Mm -hmm. what's going on with that. Agreed. Definitely curious about it. There's, and how many others are there? Yeah, how here. many how many children are we going to be saving? So then we're at P3, and Piper is leaving a voicemail for Prue and is worried about her and Phoebe because she hasn't heard back from either of them. Then we see the guy who was staring at her last night is there, and she hangs up the phone. He introduces himself as Caleb and says that he's new in town and looking to meet someone special. She tells him that she's engaged and kind of makes jokes about having this like very large, very jealous fiance and, you know, says maybe he'd like to meet one of her single sisters. And he says, maybe they could all get together. He's like, does your fiance like to hang out with your sisters too? And Piper's like, okay, you know what? I don't know what kind of kinky stuff you're into, but there's a club down the street where you might be more comfortable. They've got cages and rubber floors and a three for two special on Fridays. He says, I'm not looking for a club, Piper. She says, and I'm not interested, Caleb. 
And then he's starting to explain that she has the wrong idea, but then she's kind of like not into him at all. So he stops and leaves. And then Piper picks up the phone to call Prue and Phoebe again. I love how loyal she is, first of all. It makes me so happy. But it's so funny to see like the way she handles this. And I don't even want to know what this two for one or two three for two special is that he, she's talking about. And I don't want to know why it's she a drink has... special, but I don't want to know. know. And I also don't want to know why she has so much information about this club. <laughs> I mean, she works at a club. She's got to know about the other places in the area. I guess so. I mean, I she has to know what her competition is. <laughs> right. Quite a competition. She had to she had to go undercover, do some work in there to right, to figure it out, you know. Exactly Got to take one for the she team. She and Leo go together. Yeah, you know, hey, listen, you never know with them. I'm here to yuck anyone's yum if that's what they're into. <laughs> Who are we to judge? <laughs> Who are we? But no, the misunderstandings here are really interesting what is Caleb up to I know I'm definitely curious about what this guy's intentions are and why he's like keeps coming up in the show yeah was he looking I mean, for the a five some <laughs> I know it sounded a little weird so if that's not what he was interested in he should have phrased things a little differently but whatever yes definitely and you know Piper's worry interested to see how that's gonna go agreed and it's funny because it hasn't been that long since they didn't hear from each other, but it's almost like they always kind of have this sense about things and can just kind of sense when something's off, some yes. gift with the being a charmed one. And it really is that closeness. I mean, they are in constant contact with each other, even before texting. It seems like the sisters are always calling each other to check in. That's been pointed out in other episodes, too. Which I think it's totally understandable and reasonable being, you know, what they go through on a daily basis. No, absolutely. So now we are back at the winter playground and Phoebe thinks that they're going in circles and the boy explains that everything in there is the same and only a few of them can find their way around. And then he starts walking. Phoebe hits Prue's shoulder and says, why couldn't you get a boy band song stuck in your head like everybody else? And Prue asks the boy about the ice cream man. They said that they just know that he's the one that put them there and that he might be in charge of the nothing. And then he starts leading them towards his friends and Phoebe touches the swing and gets a premonition. And she sees their dad picking up young Prue by the swing set as she calls for him. And she tells Prue about it and Prue looks very shocked. So now Phoebe sees this memory too. Yeah, so Prue has been there before and with Victor. Interesting. I get, yeah, Victor's been in there too, which is bizarre. Definitely looking forward to seeing this. We don't have a lot of information about the nothing. I mean, uh, the ice cream man, except that I guess he is the one that's doing this to these poor children. Yes, and also the idea that like being in there is like this weird place where everything's the same and you are confused, which I guess helps the nothing to catch you seems that way so then we're back at the manor we're in the living room and it's nighttime and piper calls for leo and he orbs in and she's like it's about time he says piper i was busy it's not fair to my other clients if i keep getting calls from you while i'm at work and she wants him to see if he can use his supernatural radar to look for prue and phoebe and he tries but he can't sense them anywhere and now they're both concerned Yes, this can't be right. I think it's cool that he can do that. Yeah, have we ever seen Leo use that power before? I don't think we have. Yes, we have. Um, When they had to switch powers and Piper had to sense it for, I mean, I guess technically not Leo, but we knew he had this power because he had to sense Daisy. Oh, yeah, you're right. We did yeah. know he could sense his charges. Right. It's totally true. So I don't know if it's happened another occurrence, but I do remember that one. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I feel like he doesn't use it that often, though. No, not not really. I mean, maybe we'll see him use it more in the future since it's yeah. kind of a helpful tool. Yeah, but I guess it could be a privacy thing. Like, he doesn't want to stalk them all the time unless, like, there's a reason to. Right. And I mean, what's he going to do sitting around all day? Like, it would be a little weird if he's just sitting around all day <laughs> checking them out where they are, I guess. 
Yeah. Also, the way that, like, we actually get a mention of, like, the fact that Leo works with other people other than the charmed ones. I know. Like, bull crap. Because he's always with them. No, literally. Come on, Leo. We know your two things are golf and the charmed ones. I know. It's not fair to my other clients. You mean your buddies? You're not <laughs> fooling anyone. We're on to you, Leo Wyatt. <laughs> All right, so now they're both getting a little worried about the situation and going to hopefully figure out either a way to save the other two sisters or kind of find out what's going on. Yeah, and it's interesting that wherever they are can't be detected by Leo, right? So what right, is going so on must with this be, ice cream truck? Yeah, it's got to be some sort of portal or different dimension or something, you know, not so much a like they're not still in the same place. Doesn't seem like they're exactly, still in the ice yeah. cream truck. So back at the winter playground, there's another girl and a boy with them now, and Prue thinks that the ice cream man is their way out and sees him over by a tree. Then she points him out to everyone and he runs off. Then she tells the kids to stay there and Phoebe and Prue go towards him. Then they notice the exit to the street at the top of this slide on the playground, and the kids come out and see it too. So they all start going through the slide one by one. And the ice cream man sees this and yells no. Then the sisters jump out after all the kids. And the one boy, Ari, waits by the back of the truck. And Phoebe calls for him to follow them. And the ice cream man grabs him. But the boy uses his power to burn his hands and push him back into the truck. And then close the door. And Phoebe sees this and says, oh my god. And then the boy, in a demonic voice says actually quite the opposite and we find out that all the kids are demons and they run away together from the sisters yes plot twist see another big little twist for us i'm loving it so far we see that all these kids are demons and that the ice cream man was actually a decent guy and he must have been trying to direct them towards the back of the truck because he didn't want innocent people in there Exactly, because when he saw them and opened that portal back to the normal world, only the sisters were there, right? So he was like, okay, let them out. Yeah. But of course, that also freed the demon kids. Oh, and he tried. Poor guy. Poor guy, just to get all burnt up, his poor hands. I know. That's crazy. He looked so creepy and eerie in the beginning. They they definitely played it like he was, and now we're seeing that that's actually not the case. Right? You expect this creepy middle-aged guy with the creepy voice to be the bad guy. And then they play on that trope because it's actually the sweet-looking kids who are the bad guys. And we all know how I feel about demon voices, so I won't even go there. Yeah, hate it. <laughs> yeah, goes to show. Kids are little demons. <laughs> that's the real message of this yeah, episode. That's the kids are little demons. Moral of the story, kids are demons and don't trust them. They're not to be trusted. But trust weird ice cream men in a van. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> trust the men in the vans. They'll give you ice cream, I swear. Yes, or bring you to some weird hell dimension. <laughs> yeah, great. If you like winter, we got the spot for you. Exactly. If you love being at a park in the freezing cold snow, boy, do I have an ice cream truck for you. Yep. <laughs> so then we're back at the manor we're in the living room and it's the next morning and leo and piper are sitting down just chilling and leo says why don't we try to focus on the positive they're together and piper's like that's your positive i've got a list a mile long on the negative column they've been gone all night leo and not even you can find them and he says they'll be fine and that any minute they'll walk through the door with a perfectly good explanation. And just then the door opens and it's them. And he's like, see? <laughs> and all of them hug. And then Prue and Phoebe start explaining what happened and that they have to get back. And all of them head up to the book. So I like the way they had that set up where like he was right and they walked right back in the door and they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very cute the way Piper was like, I have all these negatives. And he's like, they'll be back any minute. And then bloop, there they are. Yeah, walk right back into the door. That's so funny. Very comedic. Love the convenience. Yeah. <laughs> cute little thing to throw in there. But other than that, I feel like it's just kind of plot to get all yeah. of the, like everybody know what's going on. 
-hmm. All right. So now up in the attic, they can't find the demon kids in the book, but they do find the ice cream man who is immortal. And Phoebe says, do you remember when demons looked like demons and innocence looked like innocence? Who changed the rules on us? And then Piper asks how he does it if he's mortal. They find out that it's the song. It's the devil's cord, which attracts demon kids. They also find the nothing, the only thing that can vanquish them. And they realize that the ice cream man was letting them out and trying to save them and, you know, not let the kids out. Then Phoebe tells them the nothing doesn't discriminate between good and evil. It just vanquishes. And they realize the ice cream man is in danger and that they can't get back to the truck. Phoebe thinks that they should contact their dad to ask about Prue in the truck. And Prue says that they don't know where he is. And Phoebe says he's here. Dad's in San Francisco. He's been here for the last three months. So it was him that your friend Kara saw. And it was in an email from him that I got yesterday that I didn't tell you guys about. He's here an instant message away. I'm sorry I didn't tell you guys that I've been keeping in touch with him, but I wanted to. I just, it never seemed like the right time. And then Phoebe grabs her laptop to message him. All right, so we find out more about this truck and the fact that the sole purpose of it is to kill these demon kids, which for some reason can't be vanquished any other way, I guess. Yeah, it's a little plot sakey to me. Yeah, but uh, is what it is, I guess. Because, <laughs> like, this brings back the question we were raising what episode, like, last episode. How did demon kids grow up? Like. Exactly. I, I, I still don't get it. I'm still a little confused about it. Because, like, do they grow up and remain unvanquishable? Like, I really don't understand. Or is it just when they're kids, they're not vanquishable, and then eventually they grow up and you can vanquish them? Like, I really don't understand. Right, yeah, it definitely doesn't make sense to me either. Some of it doesn't uh, doesn't quite track, you guys, but uh, we're going we're gonna to get through it anyways. <laughs> yes. Also interesting that the nothing doesn't discriminate between good and evil. It's just kind of like this benevolent force that, destroys so that's interesting right seems like the the ice cream man and him controlling the car and playing the song is what really sends in the the evil people and then the nothing just takes over and does whatever it needs to do yeah it's also interesting the way that only mortals can get in and out of the ice cream truck um mm -hmm. and so that's why their powers weren't working there because obviously they can't have the demons powers working in there so exactly and then, of course, Phoebe's reveal here that she's been in contact with Victor and he is in San Francisco. I know. So it wasn't Cole. It was Dad. So all of a sudden, Phoebe is able to keep secrets. I know. Where did this come from? She said, what's, an, what's one more? <laughs> she said, I'm and already also, keeping like, Cole why... a secret. Might as well keep Dad a secret, too. Right. And also, why wouldn't she tell them? Like, I don't know. At least Piper. Like, why not? That's what I'm saying, because, like, she knows Piper also wants to have contact with their dad. Yeah, in three months? Like, you never found a right time in three months? No, literally. Like, if it had been, like, two weeks, I would have been, like, okay. But the three months thing seems like a lot. Yeah, I know. Doesn't make too much sense. But it's okay. But, yeah, again, like you were saying, that other twist, right, where she wasn't messaging with Cole. It was their dad who was the old friend. Mm-hmm old friend <laughs> so then we're outside and one of the kids is smiling by the burnt body of an ice cream man outside of an ice cream truck and Ari and the girl walk over and Ari's like what you doing he says killing he says no kidding did anybody see you and the girl says I thought I was supposed to kill was it fun and the other boy nods and laughs and Ari is so pissed and he's like, now we have to clean up the body and waste more time. This is obviously not the right truck. He's like, the only people we might have to kill to get the right truck are those witches. If you paid attention, you would have known this wasn't the right truck. Now, I like killing just as much as the next demon. But right now, we've got to be smart. And trashing every regular old ice cream truck that we see is not smart. And he promises that they'll have fun when everything is over. And says for the little girl to get rid of it so she like blows this red smoke like a kiss and like the body disappears and it's a really cool power yeah that's actually a sick power i was thinking the same thing 
can't even lie I'm jealous and also like I'm sorry but this girl seems like the most badass one so why the hell is Ari in charge I know they had to make it him like I'm sorry the girl has the best power but the little boy is in charge I know we didn't even see his power like come on demon patriarchy is always at work here it really is constantly not happy to see it but I will say I enjoy his attitude I enjoy their little like trying to have fun because again they're demons but they're also kids so I like the way that the show is playing on that and I think it's really fun right they give off demonic but still children energy and it's working really well for me yeah I like the way that Ari's the only one who's like at all concerned with exposure which I guess is why he's the leader yeah that makes sense maybe he's the oldest of children maybe but also did they know of each other or did they just meet in the ice cream truck like I'm really interested in the backstory of these demon kids that we're not going to get (laughs) yeah definitely curious about it we will never find out but that's all right (laughs) yeah (laughs) leaving us with some questions so now we are at p3 and the sisters are waiting for their dad to meet them there and phoebe says that he's their family prue says that this is a business meeting and then caleb walks up and says these must be the sisters i've heard so much about and to think i almost didn't swing by today and then Piper just kind of goes off and starts telling him that he needs to take a hint and flips out that it's just not a good time. And then Leo tells him to come take a phone call in the office and leads him away. So they go. And then the door opens and the girl's dad walks in. Then Phoebe smiles and the other two look shocked. And he asks for a hug and Phoebe goes over. Then he compliments the club and Prue wants to get right down to business. And says, we can do the whole family bonding thing once the work is done, all right? So how about you just tell us everything you know about the playground? Then Phoebe tells him about her premonition, and he wants them to let it go. And she says, just tell us how you got in, and we can handle it from there. We're big witches now. And he says, yeah, but you're still my little girls. She says, Victor. And he says, Pearl. And then he sighs and shakes his head and moves by the bar and tells them, I went in after you, and it was the last thing I ever did as your father. You were home with a cold. Must have been about six. Your mom had some errands to run, so she took your sisters with her. And then we go into a flashback of all this happening as he tells the story. And he says, you had asked me to read you a story. You fell asleep, and that he never heard her come down the stairs. You must have been looking for a glass of water or me, and that must have been when you heard it. And then we flash back to the present and she says the song. And he says, I mean, I had heard a truck drive by and stop a few doors down, but I didn't think anything of it. It was an ice cream truck. How was I to know? But somehow you did. And then you saw it happen. A little boy, not much older than yourself. And she says, yeah, he was standing by the truck and something pulled him in. He was so scared. He says, and you ran out to help him. And then he ran out to go find Prue, and Piper says, you saved Prue. And he says, but I lost the three of you. And Phoebe's like, you you said you left because Grams wanted us to use our powers, and you didn't. And he said, that's the truth, and now you know the whole story. I mean, when your grandmother found out, I had just brought Prue back. But being your father wasn't good enough. I mean, how could I ever protect you from something like that happening again when I didn't have powers? And Phoebe says, okay, so the book says that the ice cream man is mortal. That's why he can go through the door and we can't, right? And Piper says, so what do you say, Dad? We need your help. So interesting. A little more backstory on everything. Yeah. I'm really interested to learn if we're ever going to get Rams' side of these stories. Me too. I wonder if we can ever see things from her side. I really don't know I think the show is doing a lot in this episode to set up Victor as kind of like the victim of Grams Mm -hmm. and to make her seem a little bit unreasonable which I don't necessarily know that she is I mean she's not wrong Prue almost died Victor was supposed to be watching her right him not having powers would have actually what saved Prue in this situation 
But at the end of the day, it is a danger to the girls, especially at this point. They don't have powers because their powers were taken away because of the whole Nicholas situation. Exactly. And as long as they're still affiliated with Grams and their mother, who both have powers, that's still putting them in demon danger, I feel like. Exactly. I mean, she definitely had valid issues with the situation. I don't know exactly how it went down. Obviously, there's two sides to every story, but he it does seem like they're trying to play him like the victim here. And it's kind of like a, I get it, but also not really kind of thing, you know? So, I don't know. I hope that we can hear Grams's perspective one day. Me too. And I also will say, I mean, part of it is definitely his acting, like we were saying before, but I do sympathize with this Victor a lot more. I do see what he was feeling the way that obviously this actor is playing it so that everything he's ever done was out of concern for his daughters even his leaving and I think that's a really interesting way to play this character and to play with something like abandonment in that his motivations are different than what they seem on the surface exactly and I think the story works I mean as we know the sisters were always connected to something magical so it's interesting that Prue even without her powers did have this need to save this little boy who at the time she thought was an innocent. Right. So here's what I'm a little confused. A demon kid was just living in their neighborhood? Oh, that too. I was thinking that, but that's not even what I was going to say. I'm talking about something that doesn't quite add up. Okay, what is it? Where I think the show messed up a little bit here. Because when we went back in time with Nicholas, Patty and Victor were already broken up. And this was while... She was pregnant with Phoebe, barely. But they get back together when, because she gets pregnant with Phoebe. Oh, they did? Yeah, because we saw in the other flashback that when Phoebe was a year old, that they were back together and raising Phoebe. Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. Because I was like, but she says that they were there and then Phoebe was already born, so it was a little- Yeah, I think they were fighting before that and broke up, but then because Patty got pregnant, they got back together for a little bit and then split up again for real. Gotcha. All right, that makes sense. And I like that they have to have his involvement here, you know, like they can't quite do it without him. And I think that that's going to be something that is not easy for Prue to accept. Yeah, because it's also hard for them to, because they need a mortal and there aren't many mortals who know about their magic. Because like, who else knows about their magic? Leo, he's not a mortal. Exactly. So then we're outside on the street and Piper and Prue are walking ahead of Phoebe and Victor. And Prue's talking about how she doesn't think it's going to work out and thinks it'll be Victor's fault. And Piper reminds her that they need him. Prue says it's all about word choice, Piper. We don't need him. We need his utter lack of power. He opens the door. We save the day. We get on with our lives. It's a one-time group effort. And she says, glad to see you have a healthy handle on the situation, Prue. And Prue says, I think I do. Then we cut over to Phoebe and Victor, who are walking arm in arm. And she's saying, so yeah, I was surprised to hear from you, but why do you think I wouldn't write you back? And he says, because as far back as you can remember, I've done very little right by you. I mean, if a guy, let alone your own dad, walks out on you once, maybe you give him a second chance. But if he appears to make a habit out of it. And she says, I never thought you left by choice, dad. Oh. Very cute, very sweet. I understand Phoebe's perspective, but also bullshit. Yeah. When, he was, when they were kids, maybe, but like two years ago. Yeah, there was no reason for you to leave then. What was what was the what was the reason, the background? A job in New York. You could get a job in San Francisco too, babe. I know. And to have like no contact is like, okay. That's the thing, right? You had to go back to New York. You didn't have to stop talking to your kids. Exactly. So again, eh, on his part. But again, the actor makes me want to sympathize with him, but I'm like, no, he's still kind of like. Yeah, but it, hopefully he continues to try to make up for these things, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing. And even like, you know, the way he is like, you know, as far back, like you can remember I've done little right by you. At least he's recognizing his bad behavior. So I'll give him credit there. Yeah, he can acknowledge that he's made that he's made his mistakes, you know, but ho- I think he's just hoping that he still has a chance to fix it in a way yeah 
And I'll also say, you know, with the Prue and Piper, I like their back and forth. Again, we're seeing that continued dynamic of how they both feel. And I'm interested to see if Prue's opinion will shift at all or if Piper's will more to Prue's, depending on how Victor plays the rest of the episode. But based on what we're seeing so far, I'm assuming it's going to be Prue who changes just because I feel like the writers in the episode are doing a lot to make us think that Victor is changing and that we should be on his side in this. Exactly. So now we are in the alleyway that they were in before and they notice that the truck is gone and then they hear the kids laughing all around and they walk up and the little girl blows on them and all four of them go flying back and then the kids run away and they all get up and Prue's like, why pick a fight and then run? And Piper thinks that they should chase after them, but Prue thinks they need to focus on the truck. So they split up. Piper and Phoebe go to chase the kids while Prue and Victor stay behind. And he notices the tow sign. And Ari is hiding in the bushes and overhears them figure out that the truck was towed to, you know, a junkyard or a tow yard. So I feel like this scene is just set up totally. Um, we're getting the idea that they need to split up, which obviously is going to serve the plot later. But other than that, I mean, I don't have it. Right. I mean, obviously, the kids did pick the fight and run to either set them up or distract them while they try to figure out, you know, where the car is to help them figure that out. So then we're in the tow yard and Prue and Victor break in through the fence and walk up to the truck. And she tries to open the exit door and can't, and Victor seems nervous, and she decides to help him by saying, it helps if you focus specifically on the task, don't think about what's behind the door, that'll only distract you. He leans against the door and then opens it, and they both go in. So I like that, starting to get a little bit of her helping him out here. I feel like there's not too much here either, it's more of just like watching them get there. Yeah, it's just seeing a little bit of development in their relationship, which obviously we'll see more of in the next scene. Exactly. So now they enter the winter playground again, and they don't see the ice cream man, and Prue starts to worry that the nothing got him, and Victor says, I saw what it did to those children. I know what it could have done to him, and to us if we don't act quickly. And then she says, well, at least we agree on one thing. And then they see the ice cream man is on the ground coughing, and tells them to get out while they can, so they run over to him, and she apologizes, and he says, the mistake was mine, you're the charmed ones, you were saving, you thought you were saving innocence, how could you know they weren't? And she says, how did you know? And he says, let's just say we both have friends in high places. The moment I mistakenly pulled you and your sister in, I was alerted and sent to save you. Prue and Victor help him up, and the nothing is getting closer, so they need to get out. And he says that they need to fix the truck and play the song to get the children back inside. Prue wants him to keep fighting, and he gives her something for the truck from his pocket. And he tells her that he can be replaced, but she can't. And pushes her and Victor away, letting the nothing take him. So Victor says that they need to go, and she's like obviously upset, but he says, you didn't fail. The only way you fail is if you don't get back and do what he asked. And so they go. So this scene, I mean, so clear who Prue is in this scene. We really see her as a hero, not willing to give up on this ice cream man, trying to right her wrongs because, of course, she feels so guilty about the fact that she is partially responsible for all of this because she saw the demon kids as innocents. We see the ice cream man kind of telling her that that's not true. Of course, this is what she would think. And really being understanding and accepting his fate to be taken away by the nothing. Because like he says, he can be replaced, right? There could be another ice cream man. There can't be another set of the charmed ones. And he's my hero of the episode with this because like, oh my God. Me too. He really sacrificed himself for them and for the sake of the greater good, you know? He knew what he had to do to get them out in time. Yes. And I think that that's a really respectable thing. He's definitely the hero of the episode. Like, shout out to you, Ice Cream Man, R.I.P. Yeah, sorry we thought you were a bad guy. Yeah. Sorry we thought you were a creepy bad guy when you're actually, like, my a creepy A creepy good guy. <laughs> a creepy good guy. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, the way her dad is like, we have to keep going, we have to keep going. 
good for you, Victor. You get Prue on track. That's what Phoebe was doing earlier in the episode, and now you're playing that role. Exactly. He's being there for her, and they're helping each other and starting to kind of build somewhat of a bond, it seems like, you know? Yes. Or at least the way he's talking to her. They're going to go through this together, the two of them, which is something that will be good for them in the end, hopefully. Yes, and I like the way the episode set it up, so it had to be the two of them and then Piper and Phoebe. Exactly. So then we're outside at night, and Piper and Phoebe are looking for the kids, and then they spot them, and they're, like, hiding behind a bush. And the kids are talking about their freedom and wanting to stay free. And Piper says, why do I get the feeling these kids weren't looking to pick a fight with the Charmed Ones? They were just looking for the truck, and we crashed their party. And Phoebe thinks that they're way ahead because they know where it is, but then Ari says it's in the junkyard. And Piper says, well, it's still three of us versus three of them. We're even and bigger. And then three more kids approach. And Ari says, all that's left for us to do is destroy the ice cream truck. And Piper and Phoebe run off to go find Prue and their dad. I think this like little comedic for everything. They're like, oh, but we have the upper hand in this way. And then it changes. And then they're like, well, we have the upper hand in this way. And it's like changes again. Like it's I, I like that. It's a little bit comedy for us. Yeah, I like this scene. I mean, it doesn't serve a huge purpose, but I like the setup. I like the comedy. I think it's really fun. Yeah, agreed. So now we are in the tow yard again, and Phoebe and Piper walk in, and Piper says, do you think they're already here? And she's like, probably. And then says, do you think they know we're here already? And she says, probably. And then they hear the kids laughing, and Piper's like, do they do that because they think it's funny or just to freak us out? And Phoebe says, all we have to do is hold off the demons until Dad and Prue get out. And then the little girl scratches a piece of metal to make the loud noise that made my teeth hurt. And Phoebe says, or Phoebe thinks that they're being surrounded. And one of them knocks Piper out by throwing something at her. And Phoebe runs over to her and checks that she's alive, then gets up. And Phoebe's like, all right, you little brats, bring it on. Funny that they didn't use their power. They just were like, yo, let's just hit this bitch because it's hilarious. (laughs) No, literally. I love, like, the creepiness, the, like, like, the kids are pretty smart. Like, they have good plans because, I mean, they know Piper has an active power, so they're like, knock this bitch out. And then. It's kind of perfect. I love that. (laughs) Yes. They don't know Phoebe can kick some ass, though. True. They don't know about those martial arts skills or that levitation she's got going on. Exactly. But they'll find out because Phoebe's going to fight some kids, I guess. Yeah. Interesting dynamic for the show to set up for us, but it's okay. (laughs) And I'll have some stuff to say about that next scene. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So then we're in the playground and Prue points to the slide and tells Victor that that's how they get out. But as they're climbing up, the nothing starts coming and he holds on to Prue as it's like trying to take her and she calls him dad instead of Victor. And eventually, like, the nothing goes away, and he has her, and they hug. That was such a cute little moment. Calls him dad and says, I need you. Like, oh, You just felt Prue's innocence come to life right here. Like, just show right through with the fear, you know? She instantly went back to that survival mode of, like, that's my dad. I want him to help me, you know? Like... It was very cute to me. (laughs) There's nothing I love more than seeing a character who is always putting on a brave face and being so strong have a moment where they, like, show that inner little kid in themselves. Agreed. It just shows that, like, all of us have times in our lives where we need that protector, that person to take care of us. And her accepting her dad as that when she's been so against him the entire episode is just so strong. And I loved it. Me too. We definitely saw the saw the change, the shift in their relationship in that moment there, and it made me very happy to see. Yes. So now, back out in the tow yard, the kids and Phoebe are fighting, and they knock her down and start approaching, just as Victor and Prue come out, and Prue throws them all with telekinesis, and then Prue gives their dad the piece of the truck that he needs to fix it, and he heads to go do that, while Prue and Phoebe hold off the kids. So then Victor goes under the hood and is about to fix the truck when Ari approaches to burn him and Prue throws him away before he can and uh, Victor and Prue look at each other and then Victor puts the piece in place and the song starts 
and all the kids go into like a little trance and start approaching the truck all together and then they look at the window and all get pulled in and the window closes then everyone goes over to piper who just woke up and piper says when i decide i want to have kids remind me of this day then leo and caleb walk in just then and piper's like what are you doing here why did you bring him here and leo says he's supposed to be here piper and caleb said you fixed my wheels thanks and leo tells them that caleb is the new ice cream man says he filled me in back at the club everything's happened the way it was meant to he was sent here to take over it's his time and piper said so you're interested in me and caleb said strictly professional i was lost but until i was sure who you were i couldn't just come out and say hey are you a charmed one because i need you to take me to my demon catching truck and then he thanks them and goes into the truck in his new outfit and the truck drives off so I like the way they circled Caleb back around into the ending. Another little plot twist for us. Yeah, we thought he was a creepo, but he was actually an ice cream man, which I guess all the ice cream men are low-key creepos. Yeah, kind of all give off that vibe, but whatever, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, this show's through a couple of little, or this episode threw a couple of little twists and turns at us, and I'm living for it. Yeah, no, I really love the way this episode defies our expectations over and over again. I think it's really fun. I think it's really well put together because I think as a first-time viewer, I wouldn't have expected any of these things. Um, and I was really happy to see them as someone who's seen the episode before and knew where things were going. Agreed. Like in a second watch, the little hints throughout are really funny. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, it's funny when you actually do know. I wonder like how shocking or, you know, like that those realizations were for first-time viewers versus us where we kind of try to look at things from that perspective but we already know the answers you know yes I also love the way that you know we have telekinesis come in so that we don't just have Alyssa Milano fighting with children on screen yeah they needed to do something there to get that out because yeah probably not Probably not the best thing to put on television. <laughs> it's not a good look to have a grown woman fighting little kids. Yeah, not quite. But I did like the resolution. It worked for me. The kids getting there, Kayla being the new ice cream man, them all ending up together and figuring it out. Like, you know, it's not just the girls fighting this and fixing it. It's Victor who actually ended up being the one that got it to work in the end. Yeah, our second hero of the episode, Victor. Exactly. Though also, in Caleb, like, you could have been a little more clear. I know, he was a little, like, like, she obviously had the wrong idea. He, he could have easily hinted a little better, yeah. So then we go to our final scene of the episode. We're in the manor in the entryway, and it's morning time. And Victor and the sisters are all standing there, and he says, well, I guess this is goodbye again. And Phoebe goes over and hugs him and says, thanks, Dad, keep writing. And he kisses her forehead and then goes over and hugs Piper and says, what's the story with this Leo character anyway? How much does he know about you? And she says, uh, just about everything. And he says, so he's, um, and she says, he's a wonderful man, yes. And he says, well, I still think I'll have a little chat with him sometimes. And then walks over to Prue and she says, I'm not saying goodbye. And everyone yells her name. She says, I'm saying, see you soon, dad. And he laughs and they hug and everyone all smiles. And he tells them that his new job will have him based in San Francisco. If the town's big enough for all of them. And his cab beats outside, and he says that they have a lot of catching up to do and that he'll see them soon, and then leaves. Fun little wholesome ending for us here. Prue turned her, like, changed her mind and is giving him this other chance. Things are going well. Yes. I think it's really cute. I love the way that he is opening this up as an opportunity for them to accept or reject, and they're choosing to accept, which works for me. The little, oh, I have to question Leo, like, come on, you've never been their dad, that's not really fair, but whatever, it's cute, it's funny, I get it, but, like, yeah. at the same time, like. At the same time, it's kind of bullshit. Exactly, like, come on, you don't get to just hop in and be the dad now and be the, I need to interrogate my boyfriend. Yeah, who is this guy? Can I trust him? He's not gonna leave you and abandon his children, is he? <laughs> like, he ain't as bad as you, Vic. 
literally. But also the way Piper doesn't tell him, and it's just like, he's a very wonderful man. I like that. I wonder if that'll ever yeah. come up in the future. I know. Wonder if that comes back into play. <laughs> Setting us up here. <laughs> All right. But overall, it was a fun little episode. It got us to a good place with their relationship with their dad. Aside from that, we didn't get too much Cole and Phoebe throughout. We didn't get too much um, Prue and Justin. But still, it was a nice little family-oriented episode, and I enjoyed it, despite the flaws we caught. Exactly. Yeah, no, I love these family episodes. I think this is a really sweet one. I like the ending. I wonder how often uh, Victor will be back and when we'll see him again next, since the show is saying that he's going to stay around. Yeah, I know. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him come back in the future and if he keeps his word this time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. Or you can send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to subscribe to our Patreon, we have several monthly tiers available at patreon.com slash rewitchedpodcast. Either way, we appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us back next time for Season 3, Episode 11, Blinded by the White Lighter.